If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Oh, g'day, g'day. Welcome to the program, the start of a brand new week, and it's not a good start for me. I'm a 49ers fan. I've just been yelling. Um, the voice is a tad hoarse. I've just been disappointed. I've been shattered. And for all of you 49ers fans listening or watching, you're going through the same emotional trauma as myself. Look, as an Australian, I'm not a, not as invested, but I could just imagine how 49ers fans feel at the moment because I feel very bad about what has occurred. Losing to the Chiefs in that last second of overtime. There's something palpably unfair about elite sport, isn't there? It's just unbelievable. For those who don't know, the Super Bowl ended in a dramatic way with the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the San Francisco 49ers. The official score, I don't want to even see it, 25 to 22 in overtime, and they are the NFL champions for the 2023 season. Um, The rest of what I can read to you from all the reports is all pro-Chiefs. I find it too difficult to do that. I am biased, immensely biased, and so I'll just leave it at that. By the way, if you want to ring and talk about what you thought was the turning point of the match, I think the turning point was because San Francisco made far too many mistakes at crucial times. But anyway, that's usually the way in big-ticket sport, isn't it? The side that makes the most mistakes loses. I'm quite happy to take your calls, to be perfectly honest, so you can call in from the United States or Canada on one eight 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 two zero one six four two five. I've calmed down now. You should have seen me about five minutes ago. From the UK, zero double three double zero two four one zero two six, and from Australia or New Zealand, one eight hundred six seven zero three one zero. I'd show you my forty nine ers cap that I've been wearing last week, but it sort of went out the. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. Anyway, let's get on with business. The Canadian Patriot, Matt Errett, will join us on the program today. We'll be focused on all of this because there's a lot to talk about. From the repercussions of the Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin, X interview and I've got the viewing numbers too, the final viewing numbers I can tell you all about. Quite amazing. We'll discuss Trump's latest unhinged comments, as you may have heard in the news, about war in Ukraine and his hatred of NATO. It's not a surprise. He hates NATO. Um, I'll play for you what he said, though. I don't know whether it's angry meds that he takes or whether he just gets carried away, but rather unhinged. And the Biden presidency, has Friday's classified documents report finished him in the White House? Boy, was there commentary on that specific subject on US news sites and US news channels endlessly, and rightly so. We'll talk about that. From Down Under today, you'll hear from two Upper House State MPs, my Monday regulars, New South Wales Independent Mark Latham, and from Victoria, the Liberal Party's Renee Heath. They are raring and ready to go. We'll discuss destructive IR laws at a federal level. And boy, oh boy, the latest revelation from the IR laws will change the lives of so many Australians. They just can't pass this stuff. Barnaby Joyce has got on the grog and he's in all sorts of trouble. They're suggesting that he can't even hold a portfolio if he were to be offered one, if the coalition 
got into power. I've got to say, this is a major beat-up, but we'll get to that. Peter Dutton's got a few uh, questions to answer over asylum seeker contracts and uh, the Victorian government's funding for the suburban rail loop. It's all a little bit slippery. Doesn't that surprise you? Not. So Mark and Renee coming up next hour on the program. Jump on that open line, though, on that talkback line. There's no ceiling on opinion. Um, You'll be on air pronto. And uh, don't allow someone else to express their views. You set the agenda. We'll hear from you on the show. Now that I've calmed down, all's well. It's only a game of war. Let's get this week moving. You are with Chris Smith, broadcasting live on the global network TNT. Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Maybe I won't take any calls on the Super Bowl. Maybe that's the best way around it, really. Well, everywhere you looked over the weekend, as I was just saying, uh, whether it was news sites or news channels or whatever, the number one topic was, is it time for Joe to go? Now, we've asked this on a number of occasions over the past couple of years. As a matter of fact, we were asking it before the last election. However, Friday's special prosecutor's comments from that report on the president's memory lapses, including the fact that he didn't know when he became VP or even ended being VP, moving into being president, inspired a burst of, well, age and mental-related commentary. I think that's a polite way to put it. They jumped on him. And it puts a big, red, fat circle around what I've been telling you is the paramount dilemma facing voters for this election in November. How can we possibly put such a lame duck elderly man back into the White House for four more years? I would have thought nine months is far too long, and that's what he's got to go. And of all that has been written and said since Friday, all the things that I've been sifting through on all continents Three burning issues remain, and I think they are issues that I want to restate today. And those three were superbly articulated over the weekend. Firstly, by former GOP candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. He reiterated Biden's incapacity to govern. Joe Biden will not be the nominee. I said this last year. People dismissed it as some type of conspiracy theory. Today, I think it became that much more obvious Play this out. Biden's own DOJ and special counsel is effectively releasing a report that undermines the case for him to actually be a candidate for the U.S. presidency, right as Biden's poll numbers are cratering. We have to do the math, skate to where the puck is going, Mm -hmm. not fall for the deflection. But I do think what they're planning for is to sideline Biden as the nominee, trot in a different puppet instead. That's the most significant takeaway from tonight. Yeah, that is a significant takeaway. Secondly, the world is literally in danger. That's not a beat up. The world is literally in danger with Biden at the wheel. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis got that right. He was doing this for a pattern of practice. These documents are sprinkled over how many different locations. Uh, and so clearly, you know, they had the goods if they wanted to, to, to go forward and recommend. Now, of course, a sitting president, that's a separate issue. Uh, but they're hanging their hat on the fact that this guy is effectively not mentally competent to stand trial. Uh, How pathetic is that for our country uh, that this is the guy that has the nuclear codes? That last line was 
important to note. He has the nuclear codes, this bloke. And three, in the short term, the special counsel got it lot wrong in law. Uh, as Claudia Tini, Republican from Tennessee, said, Biden should have been charged or removed under the 25th Amendment. Well, of course, they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. And you can't do that. You can't split the baby. They want to not prosecute uh, President Biden, even though the special counsel states explicitly that he violated, mishandled classified information, which is, is, is a felony, and did it for decades and didn't have the immunities as vice president or senator when this is going on. But yet we're not going to charge him because he's an elderly man who's forgetful. Well, that's not a reason not to charge. That's actually abuse of process or malicious prosecution, you could call it, or failure to prosecute, and yet say that we're going to prosecute President Trump because although he has mental acuity, we don't like his personality. And I'll tell you why she's right, and it doesn't matter what he remembers or not, is that in the majority of serious indictable offences, the accused never opens his or her mouth. It doesn't matter whether they can remember it or not. There ha is evidence before that special counsel, which can be used in a court of law, in a trial, that doesn't need Biden's input. That's why she is absolutely right. They are all three extremely compelling arguments for the Democrats to press the eject button on Biden as soon as possible. Even the New York Times is giving prominent billing to a damning article on why Biden cannot stand for another term. Ross Dutart wrote, Joe Biden should not be running for re-election. The impression the president gives in public is not senility so much as extreme frailty. Dutart suggests that Biden should shock the world at the Democratic Convention in August and announce his late exit, leaving the delegates to elect a replacement, thereby avoiding having to disendorse the giggling VP Kamala Harris, which is apparently a problem for Biden. He does not want to endorse her. Well, there's your out, but you've got to leave it until August. As for Joe, even his own defence about his own acuity on Friday, you may have seen it, sounded pathetic. Can you continue as president? My memory is so bad I let you speak. That's you, uh, that's you that's my memory has gotten worse. Mr. No, look, president? my memory is not my memory is fine. It's not fine, and my memory is so bad I let you speak. That doesn't even make sense. Although his lieutenants are on the media circuit as well as they were over the weekend, trying to salvage the wreck. Here's his homeland security secretary over the weekend. The most difficult part about a meeting with President Biden is preparing for it because he is sharp, intensely probing and detail oriented and focused. That does not sound or appear vaguely possible, does it? Especially when you go back five months, and I've played this many times before, to his infamous appearance in Vietnam. Our thoughts and prayers with the people of Morocco and my friend King Mohammed VII, the sixth, I should say, and his administration, my administration, including Secretary of State Blinken. As the G20, we at the G20, there was sufficient agreement in the room on the need for just for a just and lasting peace. Uh, and I hope that uh, I think that uh, Prime Minister Xi, I mean, she has some uh, 
uh, some difficulties right now. That was just a small slab of 20 minutes of incoherence. That was the turning point for me. Someone in the Democrats needs to throw the towel in and call off this fight. And surely his wife, Jill, and I speak about her often, is the best one to save her husband from any further damage, from any further embarrassment. What is she thinking, allowing him to continue to even imagine that he could stand there for another four years competently? Friday's report has surely signalled the end for this president. This is TNT. TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics. How to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare. How to assess proposals by the Who and its members for responding to pandemics and whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help their population, populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce de Torres on today's News Talk TNT. In a democracy, the majority vote rules. But in most democracies, you can only vote for change every three or four years. To understand what people want, governments and political parties use focus groups. These focus groups can include as little as 20 people. Australia is a country of over 25 million people. Does making decisions based on 20 people sound fair to you? Have your say. Be heard in between elections. Download the 4MySay app now. That is number 4, My Say. Are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air 24-7, your news talk giant, TNT. It is your news talk giant, and uh, if you've got friends or family who don't know about that news talk giant, spread the word. On Saturday, Germany's highest-ranking soldier, General Carsten Brewer, said his nation must increase its military preparedness to be ready for a potential war with Russia within the next five years. There's Germany saying that. We've had other countries in Europe and also the UK suggest the same thing. What is going on? They're going to the same meetings, obviously. German Defence Minister Boris Pistorius said in January that a war with Russia would occur within the next five to eight years, and a top German NATO general warned that Russian missiles could likely target Germany in the, the event of such a conflict. I've got to say, I see no indication whatsoever of Putin trying to do anything but stop NATO from taking hold in Ukraine. With geopolitical tensions skyrocketing, where is all this headed? Let's bring in Matt Errett live from Montreal, Canada, to discuss this and so much more today. Matthew is a journalist, founder and editor-in-chief of the Canadian Patriot Review, director at the Rising Tide Foundation and senior fellow at the American University in Moscow. He hosts the weekly Great Game on Rogue News and writes for Strategic Culture, Washington Times and also The Cradle. Matt is TNT host of the Connecting the Dots with Matt Errett show, which is on Saturdays from 11am until 2pm US Eastern Standard Time. That's a mouthful. Matt Errett, welcome back to TNT. How are you? Always a pleasure to be with you, Chris. I'm, I'm doing well. 
All right. So much to get to. It's been a really active five or six days. Now, given the war dangers that the world now faces, and not just the wars that we have within those particular boundaries, it doesn't help, does it, having a mentally confused president in the office in the White House? And do you see, as I indicated just earlier, that Friday's special prosecutor's comments and report has signalled that the end is nigh for the president? I would I would imagine so. It was a it's been a weird ride uh, the entire time that we've had this uh, psychologically dysfunctional um, figure in the presidency since 2020 um, has been strange. Every day is stranger than the one before. And the fact that you have uh, both a recognition that what he did by procuring and keeping classified documents in his home, even giving them to uh, to a writer to to look over is completely illegal. This is something which which uh, is is extremely unprecedented. And despite that, they say, but he couldn't be prosecuted because his cognitive decline is such that it wouldn't be right legally to do anything about this. What? Um, it, I, it's absurd. And it requires I mean, I think the, the 25th Amendment is a serious thing that people have to take very seriously. Um, but that being said, who would enact it? It would be the vice president. Is she qualified to enact the, the 25th Amendment? I don't think so. So we definitely need something of we need some adults in the room <laughs> somewhere within Washington. I don't know if they're there. Yeah. And I wonder whether this is the final nail in the campaign coffin for the Democrats, because this is an official document. And, you know, Americans might take or leave rumor, innuendo, accusation as it comes. But when an official special counsel tries to protect the president and in doing so tells you he's senile, they've got to listen to that. They've got to believe what what, what is said, don't they? Yeah, somehow he's too senile to face trial, but he's he's sane enough somehow to, to be the president of the <laughs> nation and, and hold the nuclear codes. Uh, no, my God. And but I mean, the, the, the overarching irony uh, was not only that he gave a press conference within a, a hair's breadth of this uh, revelation where he misidentified the president of Mexico for the president of Egypt. Um, right at the same time that people had a, had just had a chance to listen to Vladimir Putin, a completely sane, cogent, real human being as a mature human speaking to Tucker Carlson. And the contrast was ironic, sharp and uh, dramatic, I, I have to say. It sure was. And why don't we go there? Because it did happen last week. You obviously saw it. Tucker Carlson's interview with Putin. It's received 192 million views on X, 13 million views on YouTube, and only 100,000 on Facebook as they place severe restrictions on the reach of the video. Before we talk about the interview, what are your thoughts on Facebook intervening and stopping the world, stopping people having access to someone who's actually involved in one of the biggest conflicts in the world right now. It's not a surprise. I mean, I just see Facebook as one branch of American Five Eyes intelligence and the entire deep state big brother apparatus. So this is no longer, I think, yeah, this, this might have been a surprise if you asked me the same sort of question uh, five, six years ago. But at this point, I, I think, it, it, yeah, we expected this. But it's outrageous that we not only expect it, that we don't protest about it. I can't find much anywhere. Um, maybe there's been some talk on radio, but certainly nothing publicly about oh, how outrageous this is. We have accepted this kind of censorship like as if mm. it is our lot in an authoritarian regime, Matt. 
Yeah, we fell right into our expected molding very, very effectively uh, for the most part. I mean, I'm I'm speaking to you from Canada, where here um, on Facebook, you're not even allowed to share news, news information any longer. Um, so, I mean, the 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 Big Brother Internet uh, crackdown to fight misinformation and disinformation um, in the form of conspiracy theories, which is another way now that the elites who are uh, somehow supposed to be trustworthy and care about our well-being are saying that we we could smell a domestic terrorist next door if we notice that they're into conspiracy theories or the mistrust of the government. And these are signals that we should contact our authorities to uh, <laughs> signal them. And it, it's like the worst days of the Cold War uh, times. Yep. 10. It's a uh, it's fanatical. Yeah. Well, I fall into that category, so they should arrest me. <laughs> what is your that reaction was. to Carlson's interview with President Putin? I think it was uh, it was a stroke of brilliance. Um, I think Putin took, used that time very well. I know he's gotten some flack for having not uh, been as punchy as he could have been uh, regarding his historical discourse regarding how this crisis uh, came to be by jumping to the ni the ninth century. But I think it was very important because he really needed to. He he was speaking both to Americans but also to Eastern Europeans who have been fed a lot of. Uh, CIA propaganda about Russia who's speaking to people all over the world, not just Americans and needing and what he wanted to do was to help people think in a more clear headed way about everything. And so we are in, living in a historical dynamic and he reframed what was going on correctly um, by getting at the fact that this is much more understood as a civil war amongst the common brotherhood of people. Um, who have been manipulated by historical manipulations that uh, have nothing to do with uh, anything which anyway i think that he did a very good job i don't want to go into too much of a discourse but um i think the point as well of nato's e aggressiveness the the expansion of nato as the driving force that peaked with the uh, color revolution overseen by the cia in 2014 was was made very clear anybody watching that uh, could not ignore that. And the last thing I would I would just note is that this is the first time most people, I think, who or many people had a chance to listen to Putin in an unbroken way mm. without having just some element out of context taken uh, by Project Mockingbird media anchors and reframed for them in a in a lying fashion to make him sound like a, a boogeyman or a, a villain. But people could see it and listen to an entire unbroken discourse for two hours and i know a lot of people who did and it's been a game changer for how they think to your first point i couldn't agree more i got the feeling that he wanted to stress how much of a civil civil war it was as opposed to all of these scaremongers at the moment who keep telling us that after ukraine um, all of those 20,000 soldiers are going to march into europe and take hold of every every country that's still open yeah, no, absolutely. And and the fact is that he also made a point that, look, Hungary, Poland, they have uh, there is a, an argument that can be made for their reacclimation of or reclamation of certain uh, territories that are, let's say, the Galicia, the you have uh, Bessarabia, you have certain Hungarian uh, ethnic uh, dominated regions within Ukraine. And but just by simply making the point that, look, these these borders are very arbitrary. They're very fluctuating. This is a very multidimensional, multiethnic uh, society in Ukraine and um, by making the point that these other countries who are part of NATO have a right to it if they want. I mean, he's not saying that he endorsed that, but he's like, look, I'm not against it either. Mm. Um, he's also that diffuses those who are trying to maintain the idea that he just wants to gobble up not just Ukraine, but all of yes. all of Europe is Stupid. the fear mongering. 
So that doesn't sound like somebody who wants to eat up all of Europe if they're saying, hey, other Europeans can have a chunk of that too if they want. Now, there was <laughs> nothing in the words that he said, and there was nothing to be read in between the words about that either. And I'm still reading and hearing comments from, you know, various military types who want to engender some kind of feeling that we're about to hit World War Three and that it mm. will be Russia and the world will be against Russia. And, and I just think to myself, they are just trying to keep their job viable <laughs> And keep the military complex in in uh, in business. Yeah, and there's a lot of Freudian uh, projection, obviously, that's also going on. Where we, I mean, we're 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 everything we're saying that Russia wants to do are things that we, as part of NATO, have wanted to do. And you could simply look at the fact that NATO has lost it lost its mandate back in when the Soviet Union voluntarily uh, dismantled itself. Yeah. And the fact that it grew from 16 nations to today, 30, 30 even more, they, they, they aspire to taking, still taking in uh, Georgia and Ukraine. That's not off the agenda. And there's a ballistic missile shield, which has been built up surrounding Russia. And there's a similar thing in the Pacific, surrounding both Russia and China on the Pacific side. Putin was able to get across that. And what I think was beautiful was that he made the point, look, we even offered, when he became president, he offered to have a joint ballistic missile shield that would be jointly controlled by the Russians, by the Americans. And that was rejected as an an act of good faith. He even was open to the prospect of even getting Russia early on to become a NATO member. Mm. He was not against that in 1999 and 2000, 2001. Mm. And it was rejected by those who had a different vision for what the new world order was supposed to be. So again, most people didn't know that. Yeah, the, when the baddies are your narrative, it is hard for them to lose face and make the baddies or give the baddies a second chance. I know that's a very simple simple way of saying it, but that's what it's all about. Uh, and just finally, before I go to a news break, um, those comments from the German general, Carsten Brewer, warning of a potential war with Russia within the next five years. He is part of that scaremongering basket case, isn't he? Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's just joining Rob Bauer, the a NATO general as well, who said something similar, warning that Europeans have to prepare for ground wars and, and wars in cities to stop the uh, the Russian invasion. And the head of the, the British Joint Chiefs of Staff also gave a similar uh, remark. And yep. um, it's it's the sort of thing we heard all throughout the Cold War by Rand Corporation uh, game theorists who basically were paid to produce these scenarios and impose intentions onto Russia that were never there. They never had evidence for Russia's aspirations to take over the world. But what did happen was billions of dollars of contracts to the military industrial complex to build up more nuclear bombs in the 50s, 60s, 70s because of these assessments. And they've just gone full hog to do it once again. Um, and it's it's deafening. Yeah, it is. I've got to take a break for news, Matt, as you know. We, we have big developments in terms of what Donald Trump has had to say in the last 24 hours. And also Hillary Clinton. There you go. There's a blast from the past. Both of those and audio are coming your way very shortly on the program. But let's get to the newsroom on TNT. The news you need when you need it. Oh, you have a deep voice. TNT. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Less than two years after taking office, Hungary's first ever female president has sensationally resigned amid an unprecedented political scandal. US Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin has found himself back in hospital, this time with an emergent bladder issue. And Israel has launched a wave of violent airstrikes on the city of Rafah in southern Gaza, which has become the last place of refuge for nearly two million Palestinians displaced by the war. 
globalist agendas. Democratic rights at risk. Corruption. Propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Thank you, sir. Um, I should make mention um, there's a conversation going on on our chat box on tntradio.live. Uh, Billy Bob has said the host is anti-Putin, but by the amount of views it got, people were obviously watching both hours of it. Well, Billy Bob, I watched both hours of it. I was enthralled, and I don't think the comments that I've been making with Matt Errett there were essentially anti-Putin. I think there's a lot you can say negative about Putin, but... I don't think you heard too much of that in the conversation we just had. However, you're allowed to have a differing view, although it's based on nothing. Um, on Saturday, Matt Errett, Donald Trump made some explosive comments at a campaign rally in Conway, South Carolina. Have a listen to this. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Now, the headlines on those comments were things like, oh, it's appalling. A lot of people were saying and using the word unhinged. That was what the White House used as well, appalling and unhinged. Um, will it come back to haunt him or is he just making common common sense uh, um uh, I guess, um, interpretation of what happens when you owe a country and you don't pay them back. Yeah, I think it's pretty common sense and consistent with the messaging I've heard coming from Trump uh, since I started paying attention to Trump, frankly. Um, I, I think that he's using a, a type of monetary discourse, which um, is is somewhat pragmatic in stance and that's i think it's the a, a street savvy way to do things um frankly he's made a, a point on many occasions that uh nato is not the friend of america he put a lot of effort into detaching the cia from the military from the mil the conventional military branch of the armed forces which is an extremely important aspect to the fight to gain sovereign control over the state from the independently operating military industrial intelligence complex, which has been taking over control increasingly of functions of foreign policy since really the murder of John F. Kennedy. And you could even say before that. So I think Trump's entire point with Russia has been and was during his presidency and since that we need to have good relationships uh, with Russia, with China, with other countries that could care about their own people having a future building up the economy and looking for points of cooperation, not going to war with them. That's why he fired Bolton was because he was planning on on starting World War Seven yep. already. And uh, I think that the former uh, ambassador of America to Ukraine even made the point during an impeachment trial against Trump uh, years ago that had Trump not been disposed of, then he would have uh, acquiesced to many of Putin, uh, Putin's desires for security guarantees and the non-increase of NATO into Ukraine, um, which is true. I, I think that that Trump has been very consistent. So what he just said is not a surprise, and 
totally in alignment with his his position. Yeah, that's a fair interpretation, I think. Now, former United States Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, gee, they all come blasting back into the future, don't they, um, yeah. was forced to pause her speech after being shouted down by three protesters during an event at Columbia University. It happened on Friday. Have a listen. Thank you very much. That's my name. That's right. War criminal. The people of Libya, the people of Iraq, the people of Syria, the people of Yemen, the people of Palestine, as well as the people of America, will never forget. Violating the university called of I'm asking you to leave. The delegates will now escort you out of the building. Thank you. Can you? Do the protesters? calls and criticisms of Hillary Clinton carry any weight, do you think, Matt? Yeah, she's a war criminal. Yeah, that's satisfying for me to hear. And I think more citizens need to to act like citizens in a time of crisis where corrupt sociopathic death cultists have taken control of their government and are pushing a fascist regime both in America and abroad. And millions, millions uh, of of innocent uh, dead have been just littered all over the world based on this decision to go full hog on the war on terror, which itself was created by the CIA and the military industrial complex back in the 19 late 70s when they funded when we as people in the West, especially American taxpayers, began to fund Al Qaeda and radicalizing Madras as part of the proxy war against the Soviet Union under Zbigniew Brzezinski, who was an advisor of Hillary Clinton, the Democrats, Barack Obama, and what Hillary did in her time as Secretary of State. Um, gloating over the murder of Gaddafi, but the, the the death of tens of thousands of innocent Libyans with a NATO strike that was illegal onto Libya, a sovereign nation state, as well as the murder of uh, Ambassador Stevens, the U.S. ambassador, who was trying to raise the alarm over the fact that Gaddafi's weapons were being sent and transited over into Syria to assist in the overthrow of Bashar al-Assad, another leader of a of a sovereign country by the uh, you know the anglo-american axis and ambassador stevens was killed he was killed and this was and this information has circulated books have been written about this mm. over hillary clinton had full knowledge of of uh, stevens's requests to have increased security to leave when uh, when when his when his embassy was about to be attacked and destroyed he had requested for weeks beforehand to leave she didn't allow it so I think, yeah, Hillary on so many points in Iraq, she played a role in also that disaster in a variety of ways after the bombing there in Yemen, as the 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 person said. And I think her her desires to continue the war machine today is is contributing to many, many unnecessary deaths in the Gaza. So, uh, yeah, no, I th- I stand I, I'm supportive of what that person said in the audience or what those people said. Okay, I want to talk about Brett Weinstein's recent comments on Mm. the U.S. immigration crisis. I understand you've recently received dozens of requests to share your thoughts on Brett Weinstein's recent appearance on Tucker Carlson. How do you see that Brett Weinstein is mistaken in his assessment of the U.S. immigration crisis? Oh, yeah. He he gave a, a speech to Tucker Carlson a week before the Putin interview. And I think Putin implicitly sort of addressed it by uh, Tucker's question regarding China and Putin's fears of China becoming the new evil empire uh, thwarting the BRICS. And Putin made a point that, no, look, uh, Xi Jinping is my best friend. China, he really outlined the, the Chinese boogeyman misinformation, which is being fed to bring about a, a giant frenzy of fear mongering in a Western gullible population. And Brett... Um, 
played a very, I think, unfortunate role the week before in uh, describing his his visit to the Darien Gap, where the U.S. you know he basically described how he lived and worked on a worked on a U.S. military base as a scientist and uh, or a biologist, a Darwinian for many years, and uh, had a guided tour with a handler, a, a Green Beret official who is friends with the Duchess of Cornwall, uh, Michael Yon who's been himself banned from China for playing a role with the National Endowment for Democracy. That is a CIA operation in regime change operations in Hong Kong back in 2019. He's been banned from China for that reason. And uh, Brett Weinstein gave um, basically a gossipy uh, one-hour assessment without ever producing any evidence that the Chinese are behind the invasion, the flooding of immigrants into America to destroy America from within as part of the CPC evil agenda, as well as as he alludes to, without ever saying anything, which is, again, a slimy, gossipy way of speaking, I find. If you're going to say something that's very provocative, you should prove it or mm. don't say it at all, um, which is that there are Chinese military-age men who are also getting through the border, which is falling into what Michael Yan and others who have been at this for some time, I think he's still probably with the CIA, um, is that they're part of the Biden's secret army ready to be deployed against red state patriots um, during the um, uh, upcoming civil war we're supposed to be preparing for. And so we have this Chinese secret army of soldiers brought in from Mexico. It, it's it's so uh, over the top. And again, there, if there was some evidence, you could, you could work with that. But there's never anything except for infrastructure being built, um, which is true. He, Brett does point out that there are roads and rail and other energy infrastructure in, in um, Latin America. That is part of the Belt and Road Initiative, but he frames it as though that is an imperial takeover energy infrastructure in in um, Latin America. That is part of the Belt and Road Initiative, but he frames it as though that is an imperial takeover, and uh, doesn't make and ignores the fact that the reason why these Latin American countries are so poor, why there are so many people wanting to leave their homeland, is because we destroyed their economy with military coups, including in Panama where the CIA and, and the West overthrew governments, killed their leaders who were trying to nationalize their economy. And and we're the ones through our Wall Street banks over the course of 60, 70, 80 years that supported the growth of narco-terrorists as part of the drug trafficking apparatus with HSBC, the major Wall Street banks. We are at fault of keeping them underdeveloped with no infrastructure. Um, and he ignored all of that and just said, look, they didn't even... Panama didn't even ask the permission for of the U.S. military to have Chinese workers go in building infrastructure. Why would he even think that it was the role of a, of a smaller nation to ask the permission of the United States if they could do a deal on infrastructure with another country that they have the right to work with? Mm. The whole thing was just very disappointing. Mm. That's a good rundown. That is a very – and the whole Chinese connection is just – yeah, it just doesn't make any sense on a number of levels. You, you you put it perfectly. The way we've heard Abbott, the governor from Texas, take on the Biden administration and the way Washington seems to be prepared to go to the courts to take on Texas is almost civil war-like, this stuff, isn't it? I think it's being provoked. I, I, I think that uh, foreign... <sighs> If you look at the the entire decision by by Abbott to do this now when he's doing it and pick a fight at this moment, I mean, there was already an immigration crisis being artificially inflamed by the George Soros apparatus 10 months ago, two years ago, three years ago. It was already a problem. But why pick now when you're nine and a half months away from the federal elections where you could feasibly get Trump back in office if that's where you put your energy? But no, you choose now to pick that fight. And for me, I found it interesting that not only do 25 
red state nation uh, red states also support Abbott, right? Which is it's inflaming. Yeah. But the it, it was a letter written by 10 former high-level FBI operatives, many of which were assistant directors. And I did a little rundown myself just to see who are these 10 uh, directors of the former directors of the FBI or assistant directors writing this letter warning of their their personal intelligence that terrorists are being brought in through the Mexican border to carry out terror acts within the United States. And these are people who, four of which were appointees by Robert Mueller. Um, people, these are not to be trusted individuals who are very high level within the, the, the FBI who oversaw many of the inside job operations, including the first 9-11. One of the figures was the person who was in charge of overseeing the, um, the, the, the first 9-11 operation in 1993. Two of them were there while 9-11 part two was, was happening in 2001. And uh, Fordham University carried out a study back in 2013 overseeing 140 cases of FBI um, interventions to stop acts of terrorism within U.S. soil and found that in every single case, there was one or more FBI informant, not just giving information, but recruiting, radicalizing, providing the blueprints, the how to make the bomb, where to do the bomb, guiding and controlling each of the terror cells from the Christmas tree bomber, the underwear bomber, the, uh, the Newberg, the Newberg four bombers, all of it. So it's like, Every single case that I could find of actual terrorism in America seems to have the hand of intelligence all over it, mm. Western intelligence, and less so these uh, terrorists coming in from our border just doing things because they hate American freedom and hamburgers. So I think that there is something being cooked up as far as a very nefarious operation to induce a civil war in America, to break up America and make it ungovernable as a nation state so that a supranational sort of entity could be brought in to restore order in some weird way, like Henry Kissinger even brought up at a Bilderberger conference speech in 1992 from Evian France that went public uh, back in the 90s, where he said, you know, right now Americans would be incensed if a foreign UN affiliated military agency were brought into America to restore order on the streets. But I can guarantee you, he says, and I'm paraphrasing, they will be thankful and begging for it um, when when the situation ripens. So. Yeah. All right. You have recently uh, released part two of a century of UFO psychops uh, exposed. Why is it important to raise now, do you think? Well, we're being hit hit uh, with UFO propaganda, uh, full spectrum, all the t- in almost every domain. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Every single mainstream press outlet, uh, congressional hearings in Mexico, in the U.S., in Australia, in Canada. We're getting this everywhere. Our intelligence agencies are coming out talking about UFO you know, material. So all that to say, I think that we are being um, there. There are on the one hand, you could say it's, it's partially that there is a lot of effort to, to create noise to so that we don't actually keep our minds focused on the real crises at hand that we could normally deal with and organize solutions around if we were thinking in a clear-headed way. On the other hand, I think that in a, as I'll get through it, and I do in this in this essay series and an, an associated series of documentaries that I'm making with my wife on this very topic of the hidden hand behind UFOs, I think that there's actually an occult um, initiation process underway that's tied to a mass drug cult that's being normalized uh, as well. I mean, the the top-down normalization of psychedelics and other my, other forms of, of drugs as a gateway to a new spirituality with a reframing of Christian, um, Christian stories around the idea that, no, actually, Jesus was an alien and aliens have been with us since ancient times. 
And there, there's there's an effort to create, I think, a new pagan UFO based techni- like transhumanist drug religion that's also tied to what Elon Musk is pushing regarding a demonology in the form of uh, of AI as well, which all intersects with the exact same basic package of a new synthetic Gnostic global religion controlled by a, a technocratic priesthood uh, that would only kind of work if people were traumatized enough and made susceptible to these t- these types of superstitions that they wouldn't if things were a little bit more economically stable and we could think more cogently. So that's a danger that I, I, I have in my mind that I'm concerned about. So I'm trying to provide in this documentary series and essays enough information that would inoculate people mentally so that they understand how they've been played for really for for 130 years and and where can our viewers get access to this part two they can go to matthewerritt.substack.com or canadianpatriot.org or risingtidefoundation.net but substack is where you'd want to go to get the full uh content Fantastic. Matt Errett, you've been very generous with your time as usual. We'll be listening to your program very shortly. Thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure. Bye. Okay, fantastic. Matt Errett, who, um, for those of you who haven't caught on, is, as I say, on air here at TNT with Connecting the Dots with Matt Errett, and that's on Saturdays from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, in the U.S. Let's get to a break, and after that, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Wait until you hear what he has to say. That's coming up after the break on TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. By now you probably heard all about the two police officers in New York City's Times Square that were beaten by a gang of illegal thugs. Four of them were arrested and released on bail and they're now headed to California and they're probably there by the border of Mexico already. But there's more to this Stuff we haven't heard yet until now. There is this one percenter, you know, criminal element that looks at a different opportunity here. These individuals, I went over their rap sheets yesterday. Multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. Uh, This particular crew operated on mopeds and scooters. They were doing organized retail theft. They were doing snatches on the street, iPhones, iPads, clothing, so on and so forth. Uh, One of them that they are still seeking has 10 charges on one day because he's part of a pattern that's been going on. That's CNN's John Miller. He's a former NYPD deputy commissioner, and he wasn't finished. I'm looking at the dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. So what the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York, do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail. Oh. Keep us posted on this. Is- the silence of the CNN anchors says it all. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. 
With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Where the story goes, we follow. Chris Smith on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, I want to get to this piece of uh, footage. A U.S. Inter- in- independent presidential candidate. I still find that difficult to comprehend, given uh, the Kennedy's family connection to the Democrats for so long. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is becoming an annoying voice of reason for the Biden administration. He's put out some, I think, hard-hitting promotional videos, and I want to play one for you now. He's made it clear that as president, he will not bow to the military contractors. He will wind back the war machine, he says, and bring that money back home. Have a listen. This is a war that should have never happened. It's a war that Russians tried repeatedly to settle on terms that were very, very beneficial to Ukraine and us. The major thing they wanted was for us to keep NATO out of the Ukraine. The big military contractors want to add new countries to NATO all the time. Why? Because then that country has to conform its military purchases the NATO weapon specifications, which means certain companies, Northrop North Grumman, Raytheon, General Dynamics, Boeing, and Lockheed, get a trapped market. Through March of 2022, we committed $113 billion. Just to give you an example, we could have built a home for almost every homeless person in this country. We then committed another $24 billion since then, two months ago, and now President Biden is asking for another $60 billion. But the big, big expenses are going to come after the war, when we have to rebuild all the things that we destroyed. Mitch McConnell was asked, can we really afford to spend $113 billion to Ukraine? He said, don't worry. It's not really going to Ukraine. It's, it's going, going to, to American defense manufacturers. So he just admitted it's a money laundering scheme. And who do you think owns every one of those companies? Uh, BlackRock. So Tim Scott during the Republican debate said, don't worry, it's not a gift to Ukraine, it's a loan. So raise your hand if you think that that loan's ever getting paid back. Yeah, of course it's not. So why do they call it a loan? Because if they call it a loan, they can impose loan conditions. And what are the loan conditions that we impose on? Number one, of extreme austerity program. So that if you're poor in Ukraine, you're going to be poor forever. Number two, most important, Ukraine has to put all of its government-owned assets up for sale to multinational corporations, including all of its agricultural land, the biggest single asset in Europe, Ukraine. There's been a thousand years of war fought over that land. It's the richest farmland in the world. It's the breadbasket of Europe. 500,000 kids almost, Ukrainians have died to keep that land as part of Ukraine. They almost certainly didn't know about this loan condition. They've already sold 30% of it. The buyers were DuPont, Cargill, and Monsanto. Who do you think owns all of those companies? Yeah, BlackRock. And then in December, President Biden gave out the contract to rebuild Ukraine. And who do you think got that contract? BlackRock. 
know they're doing this right in front of us. They don't even care that we know anymore because they know that they can get away with it. And how do they know that? Because they have a strategy. And that strategy is an old, old strategy, which is they keep us at war with each other. They keep us hating on each other. They keep the Republicans and Democrats fighting each other, and black against white, and all these divisions that they sow. With Kennedy's roots firmly planted in democratic culture, within the party itself, and only recently becoming an independent, he will be a thorn in the side of that party from now all the way through until November. And I've said it before. Let's go to a talkback caller. Siv has phoned through once again. Hi, Siv. G'day there. Chris, how are you going, mate? Oh, g'day. Very yeah, well, thank we you. In Australia, by the way, for those who didn't know yeah. that before. You haven't watched yeah. Paul Hogan. You'd, you'd, you'd no idea that that's what we say. Uh, look, I, I um, was interested in your comment a little earlier about Joe Biden. Mm. And as much as... I'd like to go along with some of the wishful thinking that there'll be pressure put on him to go and all that. Number one, I don't think he'll actually do it. Why would he? He's president. He's, you know, there's some luxuries there that you have when you're president. And number two, why would the lefty Marxists who quite enjoy breaking their eggs to make their omelets and twisting the constitution into a pretzel to get what they want, why would they get rid of it? They're getting exactly what they want out of him. Why would they do that to themselves? Yeah, I just think that the majority of Americans um, are asking serious questions about whether you'd put someone like him in the White House for another four years. They're quite happy to have him sit out and do what he has to do for the next nine months, but even that's too long. And I think people have got to come to the realisation that that is not what America needs, what it wants, and it's not what the world wants either, Siv. But you're talking about the majority of sane America doing that. I'm talking to you about the, the more radical elements within his group and probably some that live in that society. That's the majority of sane Americans, which will be the vast majority. The, the radical guys, they're, he's their vessel. So all he does is just signs whatever they put forward and then the open borders, you think that's some kind of accident? I think that's deliberate. I think that's yeah. done by design. Good to talk to you, Chris. Good on you, Siv. Good to catch up. Thank you very much for all of that. Um, clear the way for the next big IT shiny device. It's coming. News from uh, Computer Daily News today says that an AI PC is on the way. It's coming to a desk near you. The technology sector's premier analysts, Gartner and IDC, are forecasting AIPC shipments will substantially increase this financial year. Well, you've got Samsung and uh, some of the other big tech companies having a, an AI button on some of their devices now, and this will be the way. There'll be a whole AI keyboard. There'll be a mini AI keyboard for you to play with. Um, we've got one button already, but there'll be much more to play with, and this is very much on the way. Uh, Gartner says shipments of AI PCs will grow 3.5% and represent 22% of all PCs sold in 2024. How's that? Uh, the growth of the AI PC. I've got Mark Latham and also Renee Heath coming up next hour on the program. Lots to talk about, and we, I guess we want to talk about the Super Bowl as well. Mark wants to talk about that. I'll just be quiet and sit quietly in the corner, okay? Let's go to news on TNT. 